0: Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe and Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe and OWL and Believe.com.
1: This week we cover the Summer Showdown Tournament, the Overwatch League Bake Off, and the potential nerfs for the future. Hello, hello,
0: everybody! Welcome to the week twenty-two of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Hope you've been having some great weeks. We finally finished the summer showdown this week, which was that was a lot to take in. Um, a little, a little sparse on the news side, but I mean, we we were able to find some stuff. I finally got the book in and I I finished reading it, so I'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, how have you been, Kevin?
1: Uh, I've been I've been pretty good. Um trying to brush back up on overwatch and the whole meta um because i, I have an event coming up so it's kind of kind of uh, interesting to go over uh other than that i've been on pretty much just like a pokemon grind for the past like three or four days um just trying to get trying to get a fun team together um how about you matt how, how's everything going on your end
0: everything's everything's okay. Um... Not a lot going on. I ha- I've been working on a horror anthology, but I haven't been able to write for a week just because uh, I've been busy doing uh, watching the summer showdown, uh, editing for the other podcast I'm on, and then uh, just other things that I've been doing. Like I haven't I've been trying to audition for a play. Um Originally, I I auditioned and I didn't hear back for a long time because um, the director who was supposed to look at our footage was on vacation. And then I got the call back. And then the girl who was supposed to do the callback with us lost her phone. So then she rescheduled. And then I uh, recorded it, what, two days ago? And then I found out yesterday she accidentally deleted the footage, much like I did the first time we recorded this podcast. So now I am recording today again at like 6 p.m. So we'll see how that goes. Um, And aside from that, I've just been... uh... We had our final game for the Zomnix actually, uh, last week. Yeah, last week. For this season so uh next season is coming i don't know when but for now we're just going to be doing more scrims and then trying to play comp together to see if we can just see if the pressure will amp up our skills a little bit because we've been playing quick play most of the time when we practice because we don't want our
1: sr to drop any lower than it already is yeah i, I totally feel that like y- you want to stay together as a team because that's kind of like one of the things that that's one of the most beneficial things about being on an Overwatch team is, like, just having friends that you could play now. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know how they work, and they know how you work. So that's that's always a good, like, mix that you can bring to the table. What
0: advice do you have for, like, practicing? Like, How do you run practices? Um,
1: practice-wise, when it comes to, like... I would say team chemistry is probably the, the hardest part about getting a team together. Um, Believe it or not, like even if you have a group of people who are talented, it's a matter of knowing when certain things are going to go off that you can actually like trust your teammates um, and get, get what you need to get done uh, in a fight. So honestly, the, the best way to do it is you do one, uh, I purposely do, like, a couple of, what is it, unranked, like, quick play games with the team. And we just practice, like, certain callouts. So we'll be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll look at the roster. Okay, yeah, we'll do X, Y, and Z. Just get the regular callouts, And if we feel confident, we'll take it a comp. Um, and at that point, it just becomes, like, being on top of everything. Everybody knows their role. Um, like, at least for me, because, like, I'm jumping between both Overwatch and Valorant. Uh, my game sense is different for each game, so I have to like switch my brain into Overwatch mode, where I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta move, use abilities, do X, Y, and Z. Uh, no need to corner jiggle, no, no need to be patient. Just kind of go in, find, find the kill. You know, do X, Y, and Z. But like in Valorant, you're like slow. You're like, okay, gotta pick a corner, check it with utility. Okay, that's clean. Let's move in. Like. <laughs> It's it's more of a slower methodical gameplay style um, to Valorant compared to Overwatch but I love the the pace of Overwatch it's just so much so much going on and it's so much more fun. Yeah, like you you're never
0: bored during an Overwatch game.
1: Yeah. Did you have a tournament this weekend that you were casting? Um it's coming up. Uh I am I do have a tournament uh that will be on July 11th through the 13th. Um I am teaming up with the overwatch collegiate community uh combine which is hosted by east sports Co- uh, college and career pathways um they used to be a company that was bigger um and then a couple of people broke off and created their own like group so um just keeping in touch with them uh it is open to any college that wants to participate so if you are in the collegiate scene you have a team feel free to join um we're trying to get we, I believe have nine teams signed up and there's, uh, 16 slots available. Uh, there's $390 in the prize pool. So you can like win, win gift cards or something. Um, we're still waiting on other sponsorships as well. So if we do get another big sponsorship, the prize pool could go up, um, and, and other stuff, but you know, that, that date is quickly approaching. Um, so make sure to sign up if you, if you're interested, um, if you're if you don't want to play and just want to hear me cast overwatch for the first time and like I, i don't even know how long it's been but like um just just to hear me come back to to overwatch i will i will be on all the days so make sure to tune in and watch that uh when it's live i'll make sure to tweet it out yeah we'll we'll put it on the
0: the podcast twitter page too. put you put the link in the the notes so i will i'll drop that in there um all right so let's get into what news we have this week so i finally got in the overwatch book the hero of numbani by nikki drayden it was oh my god it took so long for them to get it i'm really wondering what why it was such a long shipping process I was like literally every single day checking, <laughs> checking the progress of the shipping. Is it in? Is it in? Is it in? Is it in? Like multiple times a day trying to refresh it. But eventually it came in and I did read it in a day just because I had nothing else to do that day. Um, it is 19 chapters and 293 pages. I would rate it at like, I would say maybe like a, a third or fourth grade reading level. So it's, I would say it's definitely really good for kids who are like, who like overwatch need something to read. Or if you're trying to get a kid who doesn't like reading into reading and they really like overwatch, this is a, I guess a great, um, stepping point, uh, a gateway to, to doing that kind of stuff. Um, and even as an adult, like it was, it was an okay read. It was fine. It wasn't anything like revolutionary. I'm not saying this is going to be like the next Harry Potter series or the next series of unfortunate events or, or whatever the kids are reading these days, but um, it's okay enough. Uh, so the 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 book pretty much follows Ethie's journey from uh, just being this kid adventurer to eventually creating Arisa and Arisa uh, saving Numbani from Doomfist. That's not a spoiler. They literally say Doomfist is attacking on the back of the book. Um, it's, it's very it's fairly easy to read. They do this really cool thing where. So instead of, like, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, they have this thing in the Overwatch universe called Hologram. And after every couple of chapters, uh, they do this thing where, like, Efi will post an update on her hologram based on what's happening in the story. And it's really interesting, like, seeing as she becomes uh, more prolific of an inventor, like, the way that the comments are going, um, the way that her fan base is building, how many followers she's getting, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um at the very beginning of the book, I really didn't like Effie as a character. She's kind of um she's kind of really not likable. She's too much in her own head a lot of the time. But as the book goes on, she kind of she gets better. She definitely develops as a, a person and she becomes less of a just robots 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 invent 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 kind of person. And she she understands people a lot better. Um a thing that I I picked up on having worked on this other podcast so the other podcast they work on it's called finding founders and um what we do is uh the guy who started it he'll interview a certain founder of a company like he's interviewed i think the guy who started soylent um he interviewed the guy who started the the magic castle here in uh, la and a lot of what i get from the people who started their companies very early just having listened to and edited these interviews is that a lot of the time, when they're they're really young and they're really starting, like even when they're kids, what they're doing is is they're they're always working. Like for them, fun is the work; it's that hustle. Um, and other people might not really get it. They it might socially isolate them a little bit, but it's it's just it's what they do. It's what they find enjoyable. And I think that Nikki Drayden really captured that in this book i really do appreciate how overwatch got a black author to write this book considering it is set in africa like they could easily have just found any random person from another race but i think that was a good choice for them to do i wonder if they're going to stick with nikki to continue writing these books or if they're going to maybe if they do more of them like if they do a hanzo one and a genji one or if they do like a diva one would they would they stick with Nikki Drayden, or are they going to find an Asian author, or like a Chinese or a Korean author for them? Reading the book made me think, though. At the very beginning, she makes these little robots called um, Junies, the like junior assistant. And what they do is like they can record 360 degrees all around you. And I was watching the John Oliver segment, I think, right before I got the book, the most recent one about um, private security. And that, mm. honestly, for some reason, that just that really scared me because I don't know what your take on this, Kevin, is. But like, just in an in-universe way, like she's recording people without their permission.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like kind of kind of scary. And that, like, the reason why she's doing it, and this this is part of what made me not like her in the beginning, is that, um, she's really she's using her friends because she goes to a high school to take her math and science classes because she's too smart for for middle school, and so since she's missing out on all like the fun social interactions her friends have she sends them to school with her little robots and they're like recording literally everything that everybody does so like every single time someone passes a note she'll like zoom in on the note and see what they said and like honestly that's a little bit too real right now with the way that um facial recognition and recording and surveillance technology is so um they never address that in the book and how that's problematic, but. That's beside the point. But anyway, I think some of my like one of my biggest complaints in this is that they, I think she tries to shoehorn in some of the voice lines for uh for the Overwatch characters. Like you know, Orisa's line like "Error four or four, like sarcasm module not found." Mm-hmm. She like throws that in there in a really weird place. And there's one part where Lucio is like, he he like meets Doomfist. And then he throws in the why are you so angry line. So that really kind of took me out in in the world building of it and just the rea- the realism because it, it really feels like she was doing everything she could to find an opportunity to incorporate as much of Overwatch in there as possible. Um, there's another really quick hero uh, cameo in there. I don't want to spoil that one, but if you read it, um, it's a really good way of introducing this character into the universe. Um and also, one thing, um, th- this is very minor, but it also, it, what the book does is it creates lore. But another thing is it also kind of, um, it, it messes up the lore that we had in the game. Because you know how um, in Numbani before Doomfist was released, what you were doing is you were transferring the uh, the Doomfist gauntlet to the museum, right? Mm-hmm. And like the whole story behind Doomfist being released is he stole it on the way as it was being transported to the museum. Yep. Uh that doesn't happen in this like it's taken from the airport. So that that initial airport that's destroyed he like it never even left the airport. So that um that really messes up how uh the in game universe set up its lore and how it, it, it still conf- it's still a, it's it's a probably still have like even when Michael Chu is gone now like the lore still needs to be ironed out from Blizzard. Um but that was i haven't done a review of anything in forever so i apologize if that was really really rough i swear i used to do this for a living um but i would recommend it like even if you don't like reading if you like overwatch it's just like a really quick thing that you could pick up like do in your downtime um so if they were to make more of these kevin what kind of stories would
1: you want them to do next ah uh, number 1 on the list is a uh, zen of course. This of man course. doesn't have anything other than, oh no, Mandata was dead, now what? Um, I, I would love to see, like, it would be really cool to see a story of, like, how Genji went from, like, you know, the, the post- betrayal to being fixed up by Mercy to being trained by Zenyatta. I feel like that would just be a really good, like, story in itself that, you know, even older audiences would definitely want to pick up, just so they they can understand, you know, the whole you know Genji's come up essentially. Um, I think that would be a really interesting one. I feel like McCree's story would also be really interesting to know Ooh, yeah. what he did with the Deadlock Gang and then getting picked up by by Blackwatch and seeing that whole transition would be really interesting as well. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like. They they have a good idea with it. I just want to make sure that it's you know in tune with the Overwatch lore um, that we already have, and just to see you know essentially it's just giving us more information on background. Um, if we are interested in how a how a character wants to continue one, we want to see you know what they can bring to the table. Not just yeah, we can we can just kind of make up a story and hope that it works, but i wanted to actually tie in or like have a reason for it to exist other than just to be reading material
0: what, what is your opinion on like like shoehorning in stuff from the game just to just to make it stuff from the game like the
1: voice lines and the stuff like that uh i think if it's once again like i'm a big fan of immersion of having like you know if if a game or like a book can like absorb you and to a point where you like don't even care about time and you're just more interested in like how the events unfold, I'm a hundred percent about that, but like the second that you like read something that you know is kind of shoehorned in, you you lose that in a in a second. Um, I feel like if it's if it comes in naturally, like rather than like if it yeah, if it's used properly, we won't have to worry about the whole, you know, if you feels shoehorned in because it would feel natural in said world. Um, and honestly, that's one of the better parts of it. If you can get like information or lore, like even voice lines, like if you can get that in naturally, um, I feel like it's, it's way better. It, it, it'll, it'll land perfectly. And even if you like kind of see it coming, it has more impact than just like reading it off.
0: Mm-hmm. Personally for another book, I'd really like to see one on the, uh, the Mecca crew with Diva and see like, cause we know there's more of them. It's not just Diva. We've mm-hmm. got a little bit of a glimpse of them in Diva's um, cinematic. But not a ton. So that'd be that'd be a fun thing to see how she transitioned from being a pro gamer who's not playing StarCraft um to being this military hero for Korea. And another one I would really like to see is like the Blackwatch into um or the deadlock gang into Blackwatch transition for McCree and seeing his relationship with like Reyes, with um Anna, with Baby Farah, all that stuff. I think that's a really if you want to get as many characters introduced at one time, I think that would probably be the best way to go. Because then you also get in Genji, who could probably drop subtle hints to Zenyatta if they don't want to give us a full Zenyatta story. Um, and then you can see what Overwatch was like in the early days. Now, Kevin, I know you said you're not really that big into reading, but like, what would it take for for one of these Overwatch books to get you to like actually want to pick it up and read it? What, what, what do you um, look for in a book that makes you want to to devote the time to reading because like not not everyone has the time like me to just
1: sit down and read an entire book in a day Mm -hmm. yeah so i I feel like it's kind of my upbringing as well like i went to a really it's a really weird competitive school that i went to during high school um but i took ap lit I, i actually liked ap lit so when it came down to like books and stories i feel like if somebody else is reading it uh, along with me and we could have like a discussion about it, I feel like that's one of the few times that I'll like pick up a book and know like this is this is an important read or um, if it either conveys information or has a story to tell, I am um, like completely absorbed into it. So like if it's, for example, like I just reread um, the first book that they give you for AP Lit, which is, um, you know, how to read literature like a professor um and that whole book talks about like how to how to like kind of read a story and read like why the author would have done something like that um and it's important for me to know because i'm trying to create my own story on the side right now um i'm i'm actually working on character development right now um but it's like, you have to read or, like, understand where things are coming from in order to, you know, have inspiration or to not completely rip off something else, you know? Um, But, yeah, honestly, the thing that would get me to read a story is its theme and being able to discuss it with other people. I feel like those are the two, like, big aspects, at least for me, to, like, read something. So you you
0: do like the... uh the kind of community aspect behind it like kind of like it same thing with gaming there's a community aspect
1: yes uh yeah for the most part um if if i had to like do it for class like I'd i'd read the book and you know break down everything that i need to and i'm very like methodical when it comes down to that stuff but like when it comes down to like reading for fun i feel like it just has to be like a topic that i'm interested in so mm. like If it is Overwatch or like, I'm down to read it. Like, I want to know, you know, what what could be here Um, versus, like, if it's, like, Catcher in the Rye again or Catch-22. Like, I know they're important to read because of, you know, the themes and how it plays out. But at the same time, it's, like, required reading.
0: Yeah. I tried reading Catch-22, and I really liked how far I got into it. Mm-hmm. but then I just ran out of time. Like I actually did find it funny. I got like maybe 50 pages in and then I had yeah. to return it back to the library. Um, I tried catcher in the rye and I just kind of got bored. I might give that a try again, but yeah, I totally, I totally get what you say. Like the, what's a book that I hated for required reading? Um, oh, great expectations and the
1: scarlet letter. Absolutely hated those two. <laughs> I-, I feel you on those. I, those those books are really dry. The one that I hated the most uh personally coming from me is uh Wuthering Heights. Oh, I never just, read that one. It is so long for no reason. Like you could have just told the story in like maybe like 50 pages. It's just like dude leaves, he comes back. He got money. Like that's like that's the book in a nutshell. Uh but Yeah, instead of that, they have to like feather in all the literary, you know, fluff, and I'm like, dude, just get to the just like I understand show not tell, but at this point, you're just like showing absolutely nothing. Like, I need to, I need to decode this. It's Uh, just long for the sake of being long. Yeah. Um. So yeah, whenever I write, it's just like I'm I'm getting to the point. That's what that's what Wuthering Heights taught me. Um. (laughs) but yeah it's just reading in general is is fun if the story drives you like for the most part um or you know it just has like serious implications or something like that like the fun the funnest one that we got for um for ap literature at least that i remember um our teacher sat us down and said like it was okay it was the worst thanksgiving break of my entire life but Uh, What happened afterwards was pretty worth it. So he gave us Heart of Darkness, right? Like, that book is hard to read, right? It's short. It's short, but it's hard to read. So he told us, read this, come back by Thanksgiving break, finishing it, and we'll spend the next three days in class watching a movie. And we're like, okay, I'm fine with that. So we read through it. He, like, we had to write an essay, turn it into him. And if we got... You know, if it looked like we read the book, which I actually read the book uh, and and went through it, um, we sat down in class and watched Apocalypse Now. Uh, that is an insane movie. Um, it's completely bonkers. Yeah, but it. he was saying, like, you read Heart of Darkness, so at the point of you watching Apocalypse Now at the same time, you can feel that, like, story structure and arc. And he was like, you know, what, this is the main reason why I'm making you do this. Like you read, you read the book and then you kind of watch the film that was kind of inspired by it. And you can see how environment impacts everything. So it was, it's a cool little experiment that I wish like the, so I took AP literature. And then the year after that, I took a class called lit through film, which pretty much did that. And only that, where you read a book and then they show you how it works in a movie. And I was like, this is this is brilliant. And I'm like, if I were to do the same thing, I would just do the same thing. But like with anime and make people read like an entire stack of manga and be like, all right, here we go. Yeah, here's this. Here's how they adapted it. All right. Like, this is why I like the series, why this works, why this doesn't work and stuff like that. Um, It'd be a really interesting like college course if I could ever get it off the ground. See, I was lame in high school, and I took AP Lit right after AP Lang. <laughs>
0: that, that must have hurt. We did read, uh, what was it? One flew over the cuckoo's nest, which I did really like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I love that. I was fine with that one, but like some of the other stuff we read was kind of eh.
1: But yeah, at least I got the AP credit. <laughs> yeah, that that's all that mattered, dude. That skipping that one or two classes in college, <laughs> so so worth it. Alright, so, moving on. Um,
0: Overwatch has been getting really weird with the content that they post that's, like, not Overwatch League-related, right? So, we had this whole Spice Adams thing that happened, and now, like, I don't know where they got this idea. I think it was... It seems like it was just Zoe's idea completely, but they did this thing called the Great Overwatch Feed-Off. So far, there's two videos on this, but... um, the premise was so we baked an overwatch league cake to celebrate the uh, the summer showdown and then she challenged the rest of the uh, the desk people and the analysts to to make their own cake um and at first i'm like w- what are you all doing why is this a thing but by the end like i actually again i actually really liked it it's actually very engaging especially because like watching the first video have you watched them
1: I, I saw Zoe's cake, and I saw the San Francisco Shock answer. Oh, um, I didn't I didn't know that the Shock had an answer to that. So I'll I'll send you a picture of the cake that okay. they made. I, I know them personally, so they're really really cool about it. But um, they actually made a whole video on how they made their cake. But it was just kind of a cool idea of getting everybody involved.
0: Okay. Hold on. I'm trying to look. Ooh, that's a pretty cake. The San Francisco Shock cake is really pretty. Oh wow! Okay, well back to back to the, to the videos. So so we baked her cake. It was a, a sponge layer cake, and she, the thing is, she made this thing from scratch. Like she made the batter herself, um, and, and everything. And it was like, apparently, it took her all day, but it, it looked really really good. Um, she put like a surprise in the middle with like candy and whatnot. Um, and then she challenged the rest of the people to to bake. And then I saw that reinforced video where he tries to make his cake and it's just Well, Zoe's video was good because it it showed how talented she is and it was just fun to watch her bake the cake and like she actually told you how much to use of each thing so if you wanted to you could try to replicate her cake and she it wasn't like the best how to make a cake video but you can manage like if you look at look up another cake recipe you could kind of base that on what she did to make your own um but then watching reinforce make a cake so he apparently he'd never made a cake before um and he used the box batter and it was just it's fun watching him fail the entire time like his cake cracked he couldn't get the the cake to be the right color because he was trying to make a red cake because he thought the shanghai dragons were going to win the asian conference um and it took him like i think I don't know what time he started. I forgot to look at the beginning of the video, but he went to like way well past midnight making this cake. And it was just, it's just funny. Honestly, I'm surprised at how well the, uh, these off topic videos for overwatch league are actually entertaining me. You know, like
1: I wouldn't expect this to be a thing that they did, but it works. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, you don't think it would be, helpful to the image of you know the overwatch league just kind of like doing something else that's not league related but at the same time we kind of need like entertainment during this we're stuck at home we don't really have much to look at anyways kind of kind of deal kind of situation you know um so i'm really glad that they are branching out and kind of showcasing like some of the some of the talents that they do have um i i just want to see you know, Desk Pictionary. I feel like that would be another really fun one to see. Um, yes. Because Zoe, Zoe has an Etsy page. Um Her art is amazing, right? Like, just to, like, look at in general. She's um, just so talented. I can't even begin
0: with how many things she can do.
1: Yeah, and then when you get to, like, you know, I, I don't know how well the guys draw, but, like, what if, like, you know, we find out that, or sideshow is like a hidden Da Vinci or something like that. Uh, we, we won't know until we get on the desk and have them do it. So uh, yeah, uh, make it happen. Or they like,
0: what could they, they could do a thing where, um, well, food related, they could do a thing where they they'll make, cause they're all from different countries or most of them are from different countries. So what they could do, if you wanted to keep it with the food thing is they could make like a dish that's special to their country and then just show that off too but if you wanted to do like a, a more fun kind of a challenge thing like each of the people on the desk could pick something they're good at and then challenge the others to just like hype them up and kind of potentially humiliate the other people
1: yeah i can i can definitely see that i could see you know i, I would love to see the all-star or the desk competition come back um even if it's during like a dead week it would be something that that at least i looked forward to like back when the overwatch league was like uh in a place like when they had you know the uh pacific versus atlantic division like uh teams i felt like those were just really interesting to watch in general because you know these guys talk about overwatch uh but can they really back it up when they play and that that is the thing that really drove me to to watch them for for what they have so mm-hmm. I hope they bring that back um, I, I would love to see them go head to head again and see a whole bunch of uh a whole bunch of people go uh, go face to face and just see like if their skills got better through the coronavirus or not um, I feel like those are just interesting things to pick up on. can you make a cake
0: Kevin I know you can
1: do sushi, but can you make a cake? I I think I could do I could do a box cake for sure. I like I'm not gonna mess that up. But I don't think I could do it from scratch. I I really do respect people who can make things from scratch. But yeah, I I need I need that uh I need that box. <laughs>
0: I don't know if I. The thing is like half the time I'll make something and it'll it'll taste good and it'll look kind of funky like it won't look exactly like the photo but it'll look close enough the other time i'm just completely messing it up it just doesn't even taste good it doesn't look good at all i don't think i'd be able to do the cake but from scratch but i think with the boxed mix i could do it all right so um smarkle's been on our discussion topics for a while just because of how amazingly he's taken over the overwatch league by storm with his genji um especially We'll talk about it in the gameplay section, but it's just his his ability to, to bring the Paris Eternal up with that Genji was amazing. And so now there are rumors that just because of how well Sparkle did, especially Sparkle, like Genji's been a huge pick throughout the league and through competitive, but people are citing Sparkle as a potential reason why the Overwatch community could be seeing a nerf in Genji pretty soon. In an article with Dexerto, um, Paris's coach, hewon Rush Yoon, said that even though Genji got a big buff right now, and even though he was really, really strong, um, in the league from what we've seen, um, the fact that Brig got that nerf with her armor pack means that we probably won't be seeing as much Genji because, um, according to the way that the Paris Eternal were looking at it, they were playing with a, a pre-nerf Brig because the, the armor pack nerf didn't happen in the league. It just happened, um in the regular Overwatch game. But without that armor, like, Genji's a lot more vulnerable. He can't be as aggressive as we've seen Sparkle play. So um, maybe we'll be seeing a, a decrease in the Genji usage. It might not be as effective uh, as we've seen without that extra ability to take damage and not die and still um, get that ultimate charge. Um, but from Sparkle's perspective is that... Um, if it's coming to going to be a nerf to genji anyway regardless of whether or not he's as effective without the extra armor um, he's like please don't nerf genji just because of me please make it a fair nerf um yeah so what, what do you think kevin just because i remember we weren't even sure whether the the genji buffs would have a huge difference but i mean we saw in the last two weeks alone just how strong genji really is right now
1: yeah i i do want to retract my words and say like you know genji is scary i knew that at a certain point like a little bit of damage is going to be enough for him to get up but i do agree with sparkle that the the armor pack is what's allowing genji to survive for a lot longer than he should um back during uh well, when Brig was released initially, right, that was the turning point of when dive was about to was gonna die off, um, because if you dove, the first thing that happened is you you would get Brig bashed, you would get slapped once, and then you would get whip shot away, um, and that's honestly all that the Brig player would have to wait on. They they would use all their cooldowns just to stop the Genji, um, and with the little bit of armor, it actually he's able to survive that with like about 50 HP and still continue to do what he wants to do, um, which is scary. Um, but I do agree with, you know, the Paris eternal and what they think um, with the brig nerf coming up, I don't think Genji survivability is going to be enough. Um, I I don't think that they need to nerf Genji in any way. Um, if anything, I, I like the dragon blade beta again i love seeing these high level like plays go off um if you want to see like some crazy stuff go down um i wouldn't mind a buff to uh to winston <laughs> i think that would be that would be a lot of fun to see again um you yeah, would either Winston's
0: needed so much buffing since he was released
1: yeah i mean he's at this very interesting point and um the the thing about it is you know 60 damage per second is is quite a bit um you know in in three seconds plus a melee or like even less than that if you get two melee shots in uh while you're electrocuting somebody uh you could take them out in like one and a half seconds i think i think that's the that's the correct number um but you want to Use it to the fullest potential, especially like when Genji is diving your backline, you want to be able to like disrupt him enough. Um But yeah, I, I feel like it is it's interesting to see what Overwatch is gonna do in order to either counter Genji or like I'm a big proponent of like Dota 2, and they have like this whole mentality which I describe their mentality as everyone's broken, but everyone's balanced. Like there's like everybody has an ability that's like stupid strong, but there's always some one or two things that are out there that hard counter it. And so I'm saying like in overwatch to say like, you know what you leave Genji where he is right now, but the ultimate counter to Genji would be like, you know, a, a Winston that has like 75 damage per second or something like that. Right. So that, that would bring him down in two seconds after a melee. Um, or even less after a melee. So it's just like things like that. I am a big proponent of just like have everybody be overpowered, but everybody's overpowered to the point where they're balanced and that will force like hero changes in the middle of your game too. So if, uh, Genji just becomes
0: less viable with the brig, even without a potential nerf in the future, um, Actually, no, going back, so what do you, if there is a nerf, what do you think it's going to be to? Is it just going to be to Dragonblade? Is it going to be an all around thing? Because, I mean, even without Dragonblade, Sparkle was getting kills with his. The dash reset was way too fast on him. Like, part of it was just because his team was so effective, but, I mean, all around, Sparkle was doing a lot of work.
1: Yeah, when it comes to. Like, I feel like Genji's mobility is his strong suit. And that's one thing that like you really shouldn't take away from him. There's no reason for that. If anything, you could revert the damage back, like peel back the per shuriken damage. Um just a little bit. Don't take it back to I think it was like 25 or 27. Um, like just make it enough where like three of them, if they happen to the headshot won't like completely take you out because, like, right now they're at 30, 30 per hit. If they land headshot, like, that's that's most of your HP already gone. Um, that that's 180, and then plus you get your dash reset, so you gotta think about that. So, if, if anything, you, you would want to make it, yeah, the 25 if it forces every single way a headshot and then the dash would kill. Um, which is very difficult to do. Um, I would say honestly, like just make it like twenty eight. Like it's enough to deal a lot of damage. But it's not enough for a full like insta kill move. So uh, just think think about it in that way, where Genji should be able to take a one v one, but not have it like handed to him. So with that, like with or without the nerf, but
0: without the the brig. Uh, shield ability. Um, do you think Genji's still going to be played a lot? Do you think um, Sparkle is going to get as much time as he did this last couple of weeks, or is uh, is, is Genji kind of done? I mean, Sparkle can play other characters, like we saw yeah. him do a lot of work on Doomfist on Gibraltar, but
1: yeah, I mean, it's he's kind of, ty- of a... right at this point. He's people will know him for that his Genji play exactly, and. I I feel like like I, I was looking at like, you know, the San Francisco Shock Forums and they're like, know if we still had Architect, man, if we still had Sinatra, man, this would be totally different. But honestly, I feel like the Genji meta is only gonna be as good as teams that don't know how to play into it. Um, we know every team knows how to like counter dive. Um it's just a matter of you know, the follow-up. We saw at the very end of the fusion versus the Paris Eternal game, for example. Um, it came down to the Briggs. The the Briggs and the McCrees literally shut down the the other Genji. Um and if you know how to play that properly, that is the way to go. Um so I, I think I think Genji's gonna still be around just because he's you know he's a flashy character. He's fun to fun to watch. Um but I don't think that they're going to be played in every single match unless of a team like the Paris Eternal or, you know, like Philly Fusion know how to play it to its fullest effect every time and, like, take into consideration that there will be counters and people will be looking for that. So, um, yeah, I just feel like it, it's fun um, until it doesn't work. Um, it's just a matter of time before the teams figure out how to how to stop that.
0: Hmm. all right do we have anything else to talk about i think that's that's the, pretty much the end of the
1: news this week there really
0: wasn't a lot the whole focus was the uh the summer showdown
1: yeah the, there wasn't much going on in terms of the overwatch community or uh overwatch you know league side so um yeah if anything make sure to go out and uh watch these games if you want to if if you have a old uh genji main who's been hiding under a rock waiting for their time to shine um tell them that the sun's out it's time to go um and yeah now just feel free to experiment with genji like if you're if you're good with genji make sure to let your let your teammate use it build build team synergy off the genji make sure that it works uh with with everyone else um otherwise you're just throwing so uh make sure that you know what you're doing
0: all right well everybody thanks for joining us this week for the new segment we will be back at you next week with another new segment and uh, uh, please stay safe in the meantime have some great overwatch see you next week
1: next week the league is off but we will update you on any news that comes our way Thanks for listening to this week's episode.
0: If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe O-W-L. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.